Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So we're going to wrap up um, our evangelism series tonight. So how many of you made it to every one of the messages throughout the series? All right. Well, we covered a a very wide range of things. And so I'm just going to briefly recap what we covered, and then I'll share a few things um, for tonight. Okay. So first week, the sermon title was The Bedrock of Evangelism. And in short, I wanted to get across what's the first foundational thing you have to have in place if you're ever going to share Jesus with people. And it's not a knowledge of Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus, right? So it's a relationship with Jesus. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, what Jesus is not saying is apart from me, you cannot win a debate. He's not saying apart from me, you will lose all head knowledge of what the Bible says and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live. That's not what he's saying. He's saying without me, life change can't happen. And that should always be the fruit of real evangelism is life change. Doesn't have to be right then. It just has to be one of the seeds, so to speak, planted for somebody to come to Christ. So the next week, um, after some of our life groups, uh, we came up with a couple popular questions, and they were all what-if questions that you guys had asked in your life groups. And I thought they were great questions. They're questions that I asked uh, myself as well. Um, And so we'll review a couple of those. So the next sermon title was Unnecessary Pressure. And so what I wanted to express is I'm not saying that there's no pressure in sharing Jesus. I'm not saying that that's not real or that you shouldn't be kind of intimidated to talk about God with people. Um, but I'm just saying that it's unnecessary when we look at Scripture and we will rely on what the Word of God has to say. And so week one, part one of unnecessary pressure, uh, there was the question, what if I don't know what to say? What if I don't know what to say? So in John 14, verse 26 and 27, it says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything that I have said to you. And so if we partner that with our first message, we see that Jesus is saying, hey, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you keep a relationship with me, I'll be in you. And right here, he's saying, when I go, the Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. He's going to remind you of things to say on the spot, on the spot. And then another question that we addressed was, what if I come off as judgmental? What if I come off as judgmental? And there was a a quote by Billy Graham. Does everybody know who Billy Graham is in here? I think if you've been saved for any amount of time, you know who he is. And he's he's an amazing evangelist. And he said this. He said, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, and my job to love. And so if, if we're loving on people, they won't feel judgment, right? And so that answers that question. If we're loving on people, they won't feel judgment. John 13, 34 through 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, 
all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Right. So the following week, as we wrap up, was uh, unnecessary pressure part two. And it was what if I haven't always been the best example of a Christian? Had a lot of a lot of comments about that is like, hey, you know, I, I have a bunch of friends. They're not really Christians. And I would tell them about Jesus, but I kind of slipped up and did some things I shouldn't be doing around them, too. So what about that? And so in short, um, in First in John 1, 8, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So right here is saying no one is without sin. And Romans three twenty three through 24 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. A couple of things in Romans 3.23 can certainly take the, the weight and the burden off of you if you would say, if you would have that what if question, well, man, I haven't been the best Christian. Can I still share Jesus? Well, right here, everybody has sinned and everybody falls short of God's glorious standard. It's not saying that it's, that's okay to continue to sin. It's just saying that, hey, don't expect to live a perfect life. No one does that. And then it says you're justified freely. That means that you can't earn it. It's free. It's a free gift. You're justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So that truth right there should alleviate that fear. And the last question we addressed was, what if other Christians see me hanging around non-Christians? They had a couple of people who asked that question and it felt like, you know, I have a, a couple of friends who maybe they're not Christians, but my other Christian friends or maybe even some family, they might see me hanging out with those guys and think, man, what are you doing? You heathen? <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing hanging out with those those sinners? And so we addressed it with two scriptures in Luke 5, 27 through 31. Jesus is, is, is going through this situation and says, after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at a tax booth. Now, this is significant because tax collectors were known to be the biggest thieves in the Bible. They would take what was Caesar's, right? They take the government's tax money, but they impose a bigger tax, quote unquote, bigger tax, and they would take that leftover money for themselves. So they'd be robbing from the people. And so right here he's saying that, that Jesus saw Levi sitting at his tax booth. So not only is he a tax collector, he ain't hiding it either. He's at his tax booth, and Jesus goes up to him and says, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed Jesus. Then Levi had a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and other people were eating with them. And so when I think about that, I think, all right, so Jesus befriended one of the biggest thieves around. Then that big thief had a big party and invited a whole lot of other thieves to the party. And Jesus went to the party. Isn't that crazy? In that time, man, I'm telling you, Jesus caught some flack. And so here we see, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had a lot of head knowledge here who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples and said, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? So they complain to his disciples. So I'm thinking Jesus is hanging out at this party. Here come these Pharisees. They see this and they have that, that mindset of how dare you hang around with these filthy people in God's eyes, right? They fall so far short of God's standard. How dare you hang out with them? And he, they asked 
Jesus' disciples. And so Jesus probably overhears this and looks at them and says, like he addresses them. You know, I, I won't let my disciples address. I'm going to address. I'm going to address this. Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. In Matthew 5, 14 and 16, Jesus is saying, he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. So if we stack all this together before we we wrap up and move on to this week's sermon, we see that it's a, a relationship with Jesus is important. We see that if you have a relationship with Jesus, he is in you and you are in him. We see that if you have that, then you have access to the Holy Spirit. We see that the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything he said to you. That's the word of God. That's the experiences that you've had with Jesus. That makes your relationship with Jesus genuine. And so we see that. We see that Billy Graham kind of gives us a little a little insight off the judgment situation. Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, uh, to judge, my job to love. If we love people and we bring it down to the bottom, if they, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your heavenly Father. The good deeds here is loving people, right? That's the good deeds. Now, that love sparks other good deeds helping people out when they're down, encouraging somebody, you know, all these other things. But love is the heart motive behind these, right? If you love one another, they'll know you're my disciples. So um, today, uh, as we kind of wrap up the series, um, I want to I wanna preach a little differently. It's not going to be super scripture heavy tonight. Um, and, and, here, and here's why. I want to teach through stories. And I want to teach through stories because I want you to keep in mind everything I just recapped and then apply that to the stories that you hear. Is that, does that sound good? Okay. So, um, how many of you remember Pastor Timothy from China, uh, who came a ways back? The dude was amazing. I say, I say dude, I don't mean any disrespect. He was, he was awesome. He was awesome. And he was just on fire. Well, he had this leaders meeting and some of you, uh, may have came to it. And he, he said this, and it just, it's something that stuck with me because this is how I learn. And I happen to believe that, uh, I'm not going to say it's the only way to learn, but I, I think it's, I think it's modeled after Jesus's teaching. And I think, uh, I think a hands-on learning experience is the best teacher. And that's my opinion, but that's just my opinion. And it was his too. He said this. He said there's a Western mindset and an Eastern mindset. And what he meant was we, we have a Western mindset. We have a certain way we like to learn. We like a, a how-to manual. We like formulas. You just plug this in and you just do this and everything's fine, right? And he said the Eastern mindset is a, a taste and see mindset, right? It's, it's you try it out. You probably don't get it right the first time, but you don't stop. You don't give up. You keep on trying and you know what I'm saying? So he's going and he used, he used uh, chef training. So cooking chefs, their training as an example. And so over there, the way that they learn is they'll have a head chef and he's, he's cooking for big old restaurants and he's got a bunch of apprentices. And these guys, their job is to, they just stand by him. When they first start, they don't cut anything. They don't cut any onions. They don't even grab the oil from the bottom of, of the cabinet to pour in the pot. They just watch. 
And the whole process, they watch how he cuts the onions, how, when he puts them in, the whole nine yards. And so what he does is he, he, he sautés onions, so to speak. If, if we talk in Cajun, Cajun culture, he makes his root, right? And they just watch as the root turns colors. And he goes through the whole process to where finally he's got a liquid. Let's say he's cooking a gumbo. Finally, he's got a liquid. He takes a taste. He gives all of them a taste. And he adds what he sees necessary. They're watching him do this. And that, that process goes on until he continues to give them tastes. He continues to, to add and, and all this stuff until it's just right. And when it's just right, they can tell by the look on his face that it's just right. And he gives them one more taste. And they go through that process until one day he gives one of them the spoon and the knife and they start. And he tastes and he'll say, no, no, no good. Keep adding this or add this, add this. Until finally they learn, they learn how to cook. No recipes, nothing. It's just you learn. So that's what I want to do tonight. Um, I think it teaches you to think for yourself, you know. Um, I think when you learn that way, it teaches you to think for yourself because every situation is different. So why am I saying this? Because evangelism's like that. It, I could I could stand up here and give you practical ways to evangelize. Go out, talk to somebody about. You know, I could give you a list of things, but it's always different. You're always going to run into something different. And so the way I want to do that, I'm going to tell a couple stories, and we're going to watch a couple videos tonight of somebody who I think is a, a phenomenal guy. He's a little different, and y'all will see that. But um, but he's just got he's got a passion, a fire for God, and and he's authentic, and that's what gets people. Okay, so um, today's message is uh, is evangelism in action, right? And so rather than the how to, um, I want to go over one more scripture, and then I'll, I'll tell you a couple stories. So in First Peter three fifteen, it says, "But in your hearts." Set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I love apologetics. I love those types of studies, you know, super deep doctrinal studies and all those things. But I don't think that's what Peter was talking about here. And I don't think Peter was talking about if someone comes and asks you, how a leaf is made, that you're supposed to be able to explain that to explain Christ. And I think we can get off on track. I think what Peter's talking about here is a spiritual thing. So I think the key point is always be ready spiritually. I think people are way quicker to debate than they are to love people. And I think love is the root of evangelism. So the other day I'm listening to this podcast. And how many of you have heard of Bethel in Redding, California? Bethel? Um, so I'm listening to this podcast, and um, the pastor, Eric, is standing up, and he starts off with a story, and he's just laughing. He's like, guys, I got to tell you all this story. He says, last Sunday, a lady came up to me, and she was like, Pastor Eric, Pastor Eric, I got to tell you something. And so he's like, oh, well, what's going on? You know, he kind of stopped what he was doing to listen, and she says, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you for some time now. I just want to let you know, I've been sober for two years. And he was like, oh, wow, that's great. Sober. So like, tell me your story. What happened? You know? And she says, well, three years ago, I was, I was addicted to, to crack. I was addicted to crystal meth. 
Um, I was living under a bridge, and he said the name of the bridge, but I don't know it, and I don't think you will. So it's a bridge in, in, in California, and so she's living under this bridge. She lost her all her kids. She had two kids. She lost her kids. Um, she lost her husband through divorce and, and the kids getting taken away, all because of her drug problem. And her life just went downhill bad. She she had very little clothing. Just It just wasn't looking good. No, Of course, no job, just doing whatever she could to get her hands on on the next fix she needed. And so one day, a student in their school of ministry just walked by and looked at her, and the student told this lady, you know, when I looked at you, I just can't help but think, you're awesome. You're awesome, and Jesus loves you, and that's it. And the student left. But what the lady told the pastor next was was the difference maker. She said, you know, when that student told me that, I could tell they believed it. They really believed it, and something clicked inside of me. And one thing led to another, and I started to pursue Jesus. And all the students said was, you're awesome, and Jesus loves you. But it wasn't a cliche thing. They believed it. And he says, wow, so, so what are you doing now? And she said, well, now I'm actually working for the sheriff's department, and I'm a drug and alcohol counselor. And he was like, you're kidding me. She's like, no, and I'm in the DUI department. He said, really? He's like, well, is there some significance to that as well? Were, were, were you in a DUI? She says, no, but I lost my dad and my brother to DUIs. And that was one of the things that triggered me to become a drug addict. And so God redeemed this girl. And it all started with practical evangelism. It wasn't a how-to. This guy just looked at somebody. He felt compelled by the Lord to say, hey, I just want to tell you, you're awesome and Jesus loves you. And that, that turned something inside of this woman, and it changed her life. And then he asked her, how'd you get the job? She said, well, in a town so big in California, there were over 1,000 applicants. And I just filled out an application, and I just felt the promise of God on me. And so she submitted the application. Well, in the interview, they said, what have you been doing? You know, one of the natural questions you'll get in an interview is, what have you been doing prior to this job? What was your previous employment, et cetera? Well, she had to come clean with her, with the guy, and tell them. And when they asked what happened to change her lifestyle, she said, you know, she said the story I just told you guys. They hired her on the spot. And, and, she, and at, at this point, I think it had been a year that she had that job. And so I just want to terrain light in on, man, if you ever feel like God is, is kind of tugging you to tell someone something, don't worry about how it comes off. Just obey. Just be obedient to that voice of the Lord. Okay, so I'm listening to that, and I go home for Thanksgiving. I listen to it on my way home for Thanksgiving. And um had a great Thanksgiving, debated with my, my whole family about LSU. They feel one way, I feel another. You know, I, I lost because it was all stacked against me. But anyway, so I go home. Um, I was just tired at the end of Thanksgiving. You know, you, you see so many people, you eat all that food. And I had a two-hour drive from, from Homa to come back up here because I wanted to be back for a Friday. So I had to fill up uh, my truck before I came back. And so I pull in a gas station at like 7.30 in that, you know, 7.30 at night. And I'm, I'm about to fill up my truck. And when I pull up, I put the, the little pump in my gas tank and I'm exhausted, y'all. I didn't feel like talking to anybody. I'm just pooped, all right? And I'm filling up my truck and I look up and there's this homeless guy by the, by the door of the gas station. 
And man, I just, I just felt compelled, you know, and I was like, man, I know I need to go talk to this guy. And so I'm filling up and I just started talking to the Lord, you know, where I was at. And I was just like, Jesus, I'll be honest. You see my heart. You see my thoughts. You know, I don't feel like I just don't feel like going to talk to this homeless guy. Um, it's nothing against him. It's just I'm tired. I don't know. I have nothing to give him. And so, like, I'm sitting here and I'm debating with Jesus about, hey, I, I don't I, you got the wrong guy. Pick somebody else. I'm tired. And so. Finally, I feel like I needed to ask God for compassion. And so I was like, man, talk about the Holy Spirit reminding you of things. So the Holy Spirit's prompting me, hey, you don't have compassion at this moment, man. You need it. And so I just, God, I just need some compassion right now. I'm going to go. But if you don't step in, this is going to be some weird, awkward experience because I'm exhausted. I don't have the energy right now. So I'm walking up to this guy and um, and, and you could tell he was, as I was getting closer, he's thinking, whoa, what's this guy come and talk to me, you know? And so I walked up to him and I, I shook his hand. I was like, hey, man, happy Thanksgiving. And when I shook his hand, he grabbed his shoulder and he's like, oh, I was like, oh, man, are you OK? And um, and he was like, yeah, and he was real hesitant in his speech. And he said, yeah, I fell last night and I hit my shoulder and I bumped my head. And when I looked up at his head, he had a big gash in his head. And um had a big gash in his head, and I was like, oh, man, are you okay, you know, and we just talked a little bit about that, and um, and I said, well, man, I'm sorry, I hope I didn't hurt you, and he was like, no, it's okay, well, I said, well, man, um, I- I'm gonna go inside, can I get you anything, Um, I, I want to get you something, I just, I want to get you something that you'd want, you know, and um, he was like, no, 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 please don't, please don't, and I was like, no, 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 I, I want to help you, I just want to get you something, you know, and-, and he was like, no, don't, don't tell him I asked you for anything, I stopped and I thought, man, you you didn't ask me for anything I'm offering. And he was like a, y'all ever see a dog that gets hit and he's real timid? Y'all see that? Y'all ever seen that? That's what he reminded me of. And it was so sad. Talk about didn't have compassion before. Man, I had compassion on this dude. And so, man, my heart's hurting for this guy. And and I was like, no, I want to get you something and he says, well, I don't want to get the cops called on me. They're going to think I was begging people for things. I said, no, 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 man. I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to get you in trouble. I just want to do something for you. And um, and he was like, well, you just don't feel like you need to. I said, I want to. And I started to walk away, and I said, hey, what's your name? And he said, uh, Renee. And I was like, all right, Mr. Renee. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't know. I don't deserve to be called Mr. And I was like, yes, you do. And he was like, no, I'm nobody important. And I said, of course you're important. Of course you're important. I said, I call you Mr. I respect you. And, you know, I had compassion for him. At this point, it was just increasing, you know. And I said, I'm going to be right back, Mr. Renee. And so I went in the store and you know, got some little things and some Tylenol for his shoulder. And really, I, I wanted to get him anything I could. I just couldn't think of what, you know. And so I walked out. I gave him this stuff. And and um, and I just wanted to talk to him a little bit, you know, and he was just so taken off guard and just you could tell he probably had no one physically touch him, you know, to shake his hand in so long. And, you know, I said, uh, Mr. Renee, and I made sure to keep saying that I wanted him to know, you know, he deserves to be called Mr., you know. And uh, so I talked to him. I said, well, Mr. Renee, I'm about to head out, um, but I want to I want to pray for you if that's OK, you know. And he was like, oh, no. And this man, if I thought he looked skittish before, he looked so ashamed when I offered that. And I said, well, I don't want to force that on you, but I just want to pray with you. And, and he was like, I, I, I don't deserve that. 
And I was like, of course you deserve that. And he was like, no, no. He said, I, I went to church before and I got kicked out of church. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I made people uncomfortable, they said, and so I can't go back. I said, what? And he said, yeah, if I go back, they said they're going to call the police. I said, well, let me tell you something. That's not the Lord. That's, Jesus would never have treated you that way. He loves you, man. And he was like, well, I think I made up my mind. I, I, don't, wanna, I don't want prayer. And I said, well, you know, it's all right. You know, I, I don't want to force that on you, but I just want you to know, man, Jesus loves you, and, and, and I love you, dude. And he was just astonished to hear that. And I was like, and I hope I see you again, you know, Mr. Rene, I'll see you next time. And he kind of looked like, yeah, well, I come by this store uh, a lot around this time, you know. I was like, okay, well, great, man. Well, I hope I see you again. And I got in my truck and I just watched him just ride off. Um, you know, I just watched him ride off into the darkness, you know. And I can't help but think, you know, it's not hard to talk to some. Next time I see somebody, it's going to be a whole lot easier. It just took that one time for me to, you know, at first I didn't feel like it. And then I just moved on what Laura was prompting me. There's nothing special about me, guys. You know, it, it, honestly, I, I, I thought I was about to fall flat. <laughs> and just the Lord started the second I, I took a step in faith, you know. And so just tell you those stories to, to uh, try to contribute there. Now, um, guys, you know, they got one more thing I do want to show you. Um, these two videos, it's getting close to eight. If you've got to go, it's cool. Um, but if you got some time to stay, um, just stay. We're just going to watch two videos. Well, I'll tell you what, James, can we just play the Buffalo Wild Wings video? Um, and this guy's name is Todd White. If you've never heard of him, go go check him out. Go look at some Todd White stuff. Um, this one right here, there's another one, a high school debate is really good. There's a Guitar Center one that's really good. But this one's going to be the Buffalo Wild Wings deal. And when you're watching this, guys, I want you to know there's nothing special about Todd White. I mean, he's a great guy, <laughs> but it's not like he has this special ability to love people or he has this special ability to change people or anything like that. He's just, he's just being a vessel for God. There was nothing special about, I'm just like you. There's nothing special about me. I just was a vessel that night for God. And everybody in here can be that. It just, it's just loving people where they are. Cool? So check this video out, and I'm going to get out of the way. And we're in Virginia Beach, and we walk in to a place called Buffalo Wild Wings. They don't have them here, do they? They got a Mongolian grill that's really good. Okay. So we walk in. And these kids are walking out. They're all drunk. They're college kids. You know, they're just, they're all like plastered. And I'm like, hey, man, I just want to tell you, Jesus thinks you're amazing. They're like, oh, yeah, dude. Thanks, buddy. And they walked outside. And I heard in my heart what they were saying when they were outside. And I'm like, and Chris went to the table. And, and I just turned around and I went outside. There's like six of, six of them. But see, I got God. I'm telling you what righteousness does. See, it doesn't matter that they're reviling me and persecuting me. It's for righteousness sake. I'm right with God, and I want them to be right with God. I want them to see a good and loving God. See, we've been given the ministry of righteousness, reconciling people back to a loving God. Jesus was given that ministry. 
And we've been given the same one. And part of that ministry is not imputing the world's trespasses against them. That's the ministry we were given. So I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff. And I walked outside. And I said, hey guys. And by that time, Chris is on my tail, man. Chris is coming out. He's like, yeah. He's just funny, right? And a buddy of mine named Bob, he's there too. And he's just an amazing prophetic guy. And we come out there. And I said, hey guys. I said, how you doing? They're like, okay, what do you want, dude? I said, I just want to tell you how much he really loves you, man. They're like, okay, dude, all right. Whoa, you know? And he's like, what's up? And I said, ma'am, I said, you, I said, you're going to school right now to be a teacher. I said, you chose elementary ed because you love kids. She's like, that is blanking crazy, man. And she's freaking out because it's true. Now, the other kids are like, what? I looked at the one boy and I said, hey, man. I said, you, you play sports and you, you hurt your left knee. He said, no, I didn't. I go, all right. I said, well, you play, you're like a, a catcher, a baseball catcher. And he's like, yeah, I used to. I'm like, all right, dude. And I went to the other one and, and just went around and prophesied over all these kids, man. These revilers and persecutors. The love of God diffuses stuff, man. See, my motive isn't to try to teach them a lesson. And my motive isn't to give them a piece of my mind, because they shouldn't have said that. My motive is to give them Jesus. My motive is to love them. I'm going to say something, and I want you to hear it right. The gate of hell is between our ears. <clears throat> my war is not against... It's not against the people, but it's against their, it's, it's their thinking, it's the thoughts, it's the thought processes that are in them. So they're thinking like hell. So is it possible that we can love the hell out of people? I'm being serious. You can love them so much that the goodness of God leads them to repentance to where they couldn't think that way anymore. Let me, let me, let me explain this. I am talking to these kids and they were rebuking and they were saying the meanest of things, the craziest of stuff. And people mock and scoff what they don't know. I went around and started, kept talking to these kids and, and the one kid is like, oh, all right, dude. I said, hey man, I said, look, I understand that you said that you didn't want me to pray for your knee. And I understand you said that, but I want to explain something to you. What I really hear in my heart is that something really bad happened to your dad. And because that happened, and all the other kids are like this. And I didn't go into detail. That's all I heard. And I said, something really bad happened to your dad. And I want you to know that God is your father, and he's really thinking about you, man. And he just looks at me, and he goes, you can pray for my knee, dude. <laughs> Love breaks people down, man. Because I don't have a motive, see? See, I, I'm approaching somebody. I'm not trying to get them. I, I'm not against people coming to church because I believe you should belong in a fellowship. But if I'm approaching somebody just to get them to come to my church, it could be selfish. I'm not saying it's wrong to invite people because I believe people need to be plugged in and be a part of the body somewhere. But the motive has to be love. When you walk away from them, they have to know that they've been severely loved with no strings attached. Are you with me? <clears throat> this kid, they're like freaked out. They're like, dude, you're the coolest guy, man. All these persecutors. This is awesome. So they're like, oh, man. And I gave them all hugs, you know, and they went home. And we went in and ate, and Chris is like, yeah. I 
if you knew him, you'd understand what I'm saying. He's like, that was awesome. Yeah. It's just, that's who he is, man. He's just a good guy. I love him. We walked in and we sat down and we ate. And we just carried on our conversation about Jesus. Because that's what we do. We fellowship. So I went back, went to sleep, woke up the next morning. When it's my turn to share in the morning, it's my session. We go in in the morning to, to do the session. And Tom comes up guy that runs power and love and he goes Todd you got to read this email and I said what I came to the came to to power and love you got to read this and I read it and I'm like and I just started bawling and I'm like this is crazy it said last night you were at Buffalo Wild Wings she said and you talked to a group of kids first of all I want to say thank God for you this is weird I don't know how she connected the thing I didn't tell them who I was from, or none of that stuff. She goes, last night you approached a baseball player and you talked to him about his knee. And he tried to tell you that it wasn't wrong, but then you told him about his father. I want to let you know something. In 2004, his dad was hit and killed by a drunk driver. He said, and our family was pursuing God. But we've all been very mad at God, and my son has been suicidal. When he came home, he came home crying and told me about what had happened. And we all gave our life to Jesus again. So, um, man, you know, you never know what impact you're going to have loving somebody where they're at, right? Now, you don't have to move in the prophetic like he does. And, and you know what? If if, if you're not confident in that area yet, grow in that stuff in private. You know, I look, I'm, I'm very big on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But if it's a selfish motive in using those things, you can push people away from the Lord. So grow in those things under, a humble, under humble instruction. I want to address that because he, he brought that up. Grow in those things under humble instruction and, and always be sure that your motives are pure. Um, but so you don't have to necessarily move in those things to get that same type of result. You know, the Bible indicates that we're attached to testimonies. Um, you know, when you're in heaven, and, and, and I just, I like to believe this, and this part right here, I can't prove it biblically, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know, you know, this is not an official teaching by any means. But I like to believe that, you know, when we pray for Mr. Rene, the guy that I met on Thanksgiving, I may never see him again, but my intention wasn't to save him on the spot. I just wanted to love him on the spot. Somebody else can come in the name of Jesus and love him too. That might happen 20 more times until one day he wants to know why all these people are loving him with no strings attached in the name of Jesus and get saved. And you know what? I hope that one day I'm in heaven and I look over and I see Mr. Rene and I can be like, oh my gosh, man, I remember you. And I hope he remembers me, you know? And so anytime you get to share the love of God with a stranger, it's not about, you know, it's not about an, an agenda. It's not about telling people what they're doing wrong. It's not about knocking on somebody's door and, you know, all those things are fine, but, you know, the more practical evangelism is stuff like that. That's the type of stuff that, that Jesus wants us to do. And so why don't we stand up, guys, and we're, we're not going to do an altar call or anything, but I want to pray. Um, and first, 
I'm, I'm going to pray for Mr. Rene. Um, I'm going to pray for him. And for those of you who, who, who would like to agree with me, I ask that you would agree with me. If the Holy Spirit has been moving on your heart, maybe there are some people that you could, that you see, you know, are just, man, they need the love of God. You know, you don't have to be weird. Matter of fact, don't be weird. Just be real. You know, Jesus is real. He's meant to be experienced. He's not meant to experience only at encounters or just when you got saved. You're supposed to experience him every day. And when you do that, it fills you with a fresh love of God, and you can give that to somebody. You can give it to somebody. That's, that's the deal with Todd White. He just fills up with a fresh love of God, and he just loves people. You know, It's not hard to do, guys. And so I hope that this evangelism series really put that, that, that into perspective and took away a whole lot of unnecessary pressure. So if you could just bow your heads, and while I pray for Mr. Renee, if you don't have anybody on your mind, just agree with me in prayer. And, and, and then we'll pray out, okay? All right. Lord Jesus, I know that everybody that's walking this earth was created with a purpose. I believe that with all my heart. I know it. And I know that Mr. Renee has a purpose. I know he has a purpose. And God, I don't know what brought him to that place. I have no idea what brought him to that place. To be all alone, with no family, no friends on Thanksgiving night, cold, wet, and rainy on an old bicycle at a gas station. Maybe he was married at one time and went through a tough divorce, or maybe he, he's a war veteran and came back, or you know, maybe he, he had some bad losses in his life, lost children and couldn't live with that anymore. And Who knows what took him to that place, God? But nothing is beyond your reach. Nobody's beyond your reach, Lord. So, Jesus, I just lift him up, God. I'm, I'm sure, God, my heart just breaks for him. I'm sure that when he was our age, when he was 15 years old, he probably wanted a wife and kids. And he probably had all the same dreams that we all have. Or the, the girls in here want a husband and kids. He probably had the same dreams, Lord. And somehow he ended up where he's at. And I know that's not your will. I know that's not your will. The word, your word says that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And I know that up to this point, he's been successful. But Jesus, we just pray that the rest of that verse would be fulfilled in his life. That you come, that we would have life and have it to the full and have it more abundantly. I pray that over Mr. Renee right now. Jesus, I pray that you would cancel every plan of the enemy off of Mr. Renee's life, God. I pray that you would restore Everything that you will in his life, God, that you'd restore it, you'd bring it to pass, God. I pray that he would have a relationship with you. Jesus, I, I don't know at what point you chose to, to use me in the process of him, of him coming to you. But Jesus, I just want to witness, God. I, I pray that everybody in this room, when we get to heaven, that, that we can just witness Mr. Renee there. And so, Lord, I just pray that where he's at, God, that he feels your love, God. I pray that even if he can't explain it, Lord, it's okay that we can't explain everything. You don't call us to explain everything, but God, you call us to experience. God, I pray that he would experience your love, he would experience your peace, and God, that he would be drawn into a sincere relationship with you, Lord. Not pray over everybody here. God, I just pray that you would break every lie that the enemy has 
has spoken to them about, man, you know, if you're a Christian, you're not cool, or if you're a Christian, you can't possibly share that with, with your friends if they're not Christians. All that's nonsense. The enemy is a coward, and he he's just a coward, man. And, and God, I just break that lie. I break those lies off of them, God, and I replace it with your truth, God, that, that you're faithful, and you will always provide what we need when we need it through the power of your Holy Spirit. And so I just pray that over them, God, that they would they would have a, a humble boldness to share you in a genuine, practical way. God, that they would look for opportunities per se, but whenever one would present itself, that Holy Spirit, you would just illuminate that, light it up, make it jump out at them, Lord. And I pray that you would equip them in that moment to be able to do that. Lord Jesus, I pray that not only I hear testimonies of people sharing sharing Jesus with other people from Fusion, but God, I pray that everybody in Fusion hears that from each other, God, in our community, like we talked about community. God, I pray that that be a culture of our community, sharing Jesus in a, in a genuine way, Lord. I just pray that over us, God. I pray that we just have that, that spirit about us, just to love people where they are and just allow you to do a work. God, it's, it's your job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and our God to love, Lord. And so as we go out tonight, God, as we leave tonight, I pray that your hand of protection and blessing be on everybody in here. And, and I don't want to leave tonight. If, if, if you don't know the Lord, if you would say, man, it sounds great. You know, Jesus sounds great. I know a lot about him, but, but I've never experienced him before. I just want you to I just want you to stay after service and I, and I just want to talk to you. You know, I just want to talk to you one on one, just talk about that. Everybody else guys, uh we're, we're dismissed. Um just go out and go and love on some people. All right? All right. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.